It's time to be heard. It's time to stand up and be counted. It's time for One Too Many Voices with your host, Love Scopes author and father of all things One Too, Mark Husson. Hi, everybody, and welcome to our very special One Too Many Voices. This is Mark Husson, and I have a special panel with me today because they all are represented by the glyph that looks like a fish or two fishes. <laughs> Please <laughs> welcome my panel of Pisces people, starting with the remarkable C.A. Brooks. She is the uh, astrologer, author of Mark's Power Peak. She hosts the Daily Lessons of A Course in Miracles. She has a radio show called Simple Tales. The woman is multifaceted, multi-talented, certainly an honor to the sign of Pisces. Please welcome C.A. Brooks. C.A., are you with me? I sure am. Hey, Mark, thanks for the great introduction. Yeah, thanks for coming. And you know, I amazing that all of my Pisces, of all the people I've talked to, it was like they were here and on time and it was kind of flawless. I'm like, okay, okay, I'm not going to curse it yet. Okay, my my next guest has never been on a panel with us before, but I am so glad she's here. She's stunning. She's absolutely gifted, talented. She is uh, in the middle of a contest. I'm going to let her tell you right now. She she sings, she's an actress, she's she just does everything and she is an advisor as is CA on one to listen.com. Please welcome if you were would Aaron Muir. Aaron, you with me? Yes, I am. Thank you so much for having me today. Absolutely. I'm so glad you could make it. It's so nice. And last and certainly not least is somebody that's been with the One Two family probably uh, longest that anybody, if I'm pretty, if I'm not mistaken, even if not equal to C.A. Brooks. This is Valerie Camozzi. She is a registered nurse. She has been the founder of Light Resonance Healing. She is the the taking you guys on a tour to England. We're gonna let her talk about that. She's an advisor at One to Listen. She's kind of like the the soft matriarch in the background that sort of you go to when things are about to fall off. This is please welcome, if you would, Valerie Camozzi. Valerie, you with me? You bet. Thanks, Mark. You bet. Welcome aboard. Now, all of you have one thing in common, if not many, we're going to find out. You all are born in the sign of Pisces. And what makes that interesting is that we get to talk about one of the most mutable, most flexible, most absorbent signs of the zodiac in the in the element of water. And what's funny about Pisces and what we are about to find out with the listening audience is that you all are going to be different and yet maybe really similar. And that's what my job is, is to help us uncover what are the similarities and differences among you. And you each have a separate moon. I talked to you about that a little before the show. We're going to look at those moon functions and how they maybe play a part. And I'll sort of bring those points up as we as we go forward. So thank you again for joining me. And I just want to pop out the question right off the top of the head. What do you think, and we're going to start with UCA, what do you think is you identify with as a Pisces from like when you were first learning about astrology and you looked at the Pisces and you go, yeah, that's me. What made it you? Well, it's what you forgot to say about all of us is that we're shy and retiring. I forgot about that. I'm so sorry. You're right. <laughs> I'm going to have to perk up my game a little bit. So, Well, and you know, of course, I, I know I'm... Uh, 
I'm saying that to be funny, but it's very true. I think what I identify sometimes with with Pisces is even though I put myself out there with my rising sign, which is fire, and I may act like my moon, which is air, the truth is the Pisces is very shy and retiring. It takes a lot of energy. And when she's kind of done, then she slips away and you just don't even see her. I mean, I'm an escape artist. Wow. So you relate to to sort of like an inner quietness and a desire to have that quietness. Um, And I love that. That is a really good point. Aaron, what what drew you to recognize and identify with Pisces within you? Oh, well, first of all, I do love what CA said. Uh, No one ever believes this about me as a grown up. But when I was a little girl, I was so, so dreadfully shy that even in preschool, the teacher pulled my mother aside and suggested I might be mentally retarded because... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and my mom was like, my daughter, are you sure you're talking about Aaron Muir? Because that is not my daughter. Because of course, it, with people I knew, I was not like that at all. Um, my, I always identified with Pisces because my grandmother was Pisces and she used to always make me her favorite, to be honest. I hope mm. none of my family members are listening, but it's true. <laughs> um, because we were both Pisces. And what she told me, which I identified with, was the dreamy qualities, the fantasy that I lived in, the magical qualities. She's the one that taught me how to find four-leaf clovers, things yeah, like that. I mm-hmm. love that. Okay, that makes so much sense. The dreamy quality of Pisces, the aloner quality of Pisces we're building. Valerie, when you first read about Pisces, what did you relate to? Well, I kind of like Aaron went back to the past and kind of looked and evaluated. It was the same thing. I was they thought I was withdrawn, so I was labeled as autistic in school. Wow. And they and they thought that I should be in a special school. Um I, my grades were excellent. So, I don't know, but you know, this was these were the nuns and they <laughs> thought they were right and but my mom just kind of said, oh, really? I don't think so. But that dreaminess, that escape artist, like CA said, uh, that makes so much sense to me. I mean, Uh, I I like my imaginary world, but I think it's where we create a lot, make things happen too. I love that. I do. I I do think it's you. You guys are known to be uh, among the top most creative of the zodiac signs. And a lot of that has to do with a dreamlike quality. And the ruler of Neptune is the ruler of dreams. Uh, Do you there, there's a saying uh, in my early studies of Pisces that would say, for a Pisces, the, 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 there's a very thin veil between the, this world and your dream world. Do you guys relate to the idea that when it's gloomy outside, you, can, uh, you, you might even think that your mood made that or you relate to it? <laughs> <laughs> Do you relate to, yes. to that idea? Oh, good, good, good. I love that. Anybody can jump in. <laughs> Oh, I I don't know. I was just thinking, do I think I make the moods? Um, That's hard to say, but I will say, you know, as I was listening to the other two talking, I was thinking back to my childhood when I really do feel like I kind of was in a dream world most of the time. I mean, I remember sitting in class and I was just totally not there. But, you know, the truth is, once again, I did make good grades and I think I was bored. And so I was always out the window. And I even remember you know, being in a Catholic school and they told us about guardian angels. And so then I'm like, okay, well, where's my guardian angel? I wonder where they're going. Let's go on a trip. And I mean, I can remember like, like sending my guardian angel on trips and then saying, go back and get information. And so, you know, I think, I think the one thing about being a Pisces too, is that things were disappointing to me. 
And very early on, I remember even watching like little kids TV shows and saying, well, that's not how that should have ended. That That's not the right story. And then making up a different end. Wow. So I think very early on, I, you know, it was like being a storyteller. It's sort of like, well, that's not the way the world is supposed to work. There must be another way, you oh, know? Yeah, <laughs> so absolutely. I was always making up alternatives to what I saw as reality. So I guess that was just living in a dream world. Yeah, absolutely. That I think it is part of the dream. And I do think I want to make note that CA has an Aquarius moon. So a lot of her adventures, just compare them to uh, the, the, the world of the humanitarian, the world of seeing the global picture, where we might see Aaron and Valerie relating differently. And as they talk, I'll bring those things up. But Aaron, do you not only relate to the part of you that sort of like feels the connectedness to all things. Um, I also want you to address uh, the other thing about Pisces, which is their connection to their mother. Uh, Typically we'll see psychological references to a closeness to the mother for better or for worse. Oftentimes the mother is um, ill or um, is prone Mm -hmm. to depression or in a weakened state. Do you relate to some of those things? Oh, absolutely. I, in my family, I'm the, I'm the middle child, a brother and a sister, and we always had kids running around for other reasons too. And my mother, I, w- I am the only one that gets her. Mm. I am the, the one that she turns to. Sometimes I was the mother. Sometimes she was the mother. Sometimes we would share dreams and we would share dreams about my grandmother, her mother. Now my mom's a Scorpio, but, um, yeah. you know, we would share dreams and sometimes Um, I mean, weird things happen in in my past. Like, this is a strange side note, but like, for example, once my mother had a stalker and he focused on me, you know, so things like that would happen too. And it all worked out okay, by the way. No one, no one get worried. But, um, and my dad did not have to shoot anyone, but um, that was a joke. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Too soon, too soon. But, um, you know, definitely, I still to this day as an adult, I am the one that if anyone wants to know what's going on with my mother, they call me. If anyone, if my mother wants to know anything, she calls me. It's it's definitely true so in my case. So it nails it. I love that. Val, how about you and Mama? Yeah, um, I, I had a really close relationship, just like you said, and she kind of depended on me. It was I was a middle child like Aaron, but it was almost like I was the oldest. If she needed information or need to get something done or just wanted advice, she would come to me. And in the reverse, she was my mentor. She was doing things at an age. She was an older parent, so she had me when she was 39. But um, she was a vice president of a bank. She won, you know, all these college awards. And she was just so ahead of her time. So she, what she gave to me in our closeness was I could do anything. Wow. And I, I could make anything happen. So I went from a special ed teacher for 10 years to a registered nurse for 25 years. And she was a big support behind that. The only problem I had was she died too soon. She died very young. So yeah, oh, yeah. It, that it was it um an illness, Val? It was uh, it was an aneurysm. So we thought she had the flu and, you know, it was next that. thing she was gone. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. See, I didn't give you a chance to talk about your mom. Do you do you co- co- uh, concur or was your Aquarian moon a little different story? I love Well, that. you know, absolutely it's both because yeah. I'm very very close to my mother she is still here and I'm one of 10 children and I'm the second oldest but I'm the oldest daughter and so I was very very close to my mother and 
And the truth is, I was a little mother. It was almost as if it was my responsibility to take care of many of those kids. Mm -hmm. So I was very close, and and I still am close to my mom. But what I also relate to is the Aquarian moon part, because my mom was always ahead of the game. So, for instance, my mom was into metaphysics. I mean, she's the one, you know, she was reading psycho-cybernetics you know, long before anybody else did. You know, so I started reading it like in fifth grade or something. And then she was wearing the Dr. Scholl's shoes. And I remember telling her, Mom, please don't wear those shoes. They're embarrassing. (laughs) And of course... A few years later, everybody's wearing them. And then, you know, she was into religious science or she was into science of the mind. And so she always, and she was into A Course in Miracles long before me. So she was always ahead of the game. And I've always said that if I could even do half the things my mom did, I would be successful. Thank you. That's really Mm. good. Now, what CA is pointing out is that the moon can also be an indicator of the mother based on the child's experience of the mother. So CA saw her mother as ahead of her time, uh, very uh, humanitarian, very much interested in the workings of the mind and spirituality long before others. It's often Aquarian complaint. And so we'll hear those things about... um, uh, from within the heart of the moon of our our people on the panels. Now, you guys, I am notorious for being somebody who says I will never go to a Pisces birthday party or a party, period. <laughs> um, and one of the reasons is because you guys like too many different kinds of people. Aaron, do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, I am the example of what you are talking about. <laughs> I have had homeless folks over for dinner. In fact, I have a very... I wouldn't say close relationship with homeless people. You might know I live in Los Angeles, California, where there's a lot of homeless people. And I sort of have a personal mission to try and... My my policy is I never turn down a reasonable request for help, and I do what's in front of me. I'm living in L.A. There's a lot of homeless people in front of me. So I definitely... And I my when my sister lived with me, my sister, who's a Sagittarius, she used to be driven insane because I'd periodically have you know, a homeless person over for dinner. (laughs) I'd be like, but they're hungry. And she'd be like, Aaron. Oh my gosh, that's so cute. It's like, where are you going? We're going to Aaron's for dinner. Why are you packing (laughs) that air freshener? Well, you'll see. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So Valerie, do you, now I know, what about you and that sort of seeing the heart of people and seeing that, like, how would you summarize that part of you that, that is the part that causes different people to show up to your house for parties? Do you, do you relate to it? I do, except for I run from parties. Right, (laughs) I'm not a big socializer, although I enjoy them when I'm there. I'm pretty animated. Um, It would be an example of that would be for me would be when I was teaching special education and I would bring students home with me and my husband kept saying, Valerie, you really have to leave work (laughs) at work. You know, you can't take everybody in. And uh, so I did a lot of that. I I, I bonded with parents in newborn intensive care and pediatric intensive care. Um, My heart would go out to them and they'd have me come over and set up their house before their their child came home or their infant came home. So I'd go over there, make sure they had everything they needed. And so I was always, my heartstrings were always connected to everybody. And I loved it. They were a part of my world. I was a part of their world. Oh my gosh. CA, would you say some of that um, heart stuff is the the reason Pisces, in, like being able to see, it, here's I guess how I want to rephrase the question. I think sometimes Pisces look over and everybody's going, ooh, that person. But Pisces, because they see this person being abused, naturally go see the other side. Do you think some of it is um, a reaction to loving the unlovable? 
Absolutely. And I think the other thing, and, you know, I'm kind of sitting on the fence on this one, too, because I'm thinking the minute you exclude somebody, then I want to include them. Mm -hmm. You know, because that's it. It's sort of like if I actively see somebody being excluded, especially for a reason that I think is totally arbitrary, Mm -hmm. it's like I want I want them included. And and that tends to be how I am. But, you know, when you talk about the parties, it's like if you come to a party at my house, then I'm going to include everybody. Yeah. But if I go to a party at your house then I'm getting like, why did you invite them? You know, I, <laughs> you know oh, that I mean? makes me feel better. Good. I, I know, you know what I think it's about, though, is I think it's like in myself, I want to be inclusive, but out in public or in some place where I feel like I'm not in control, then I go into that shy place. And so them. then I don't want to be around all these people that I don't know because all these strangers require a lot of energy from me. Wow. And so that's how I do it. You come to a party at my house, you're going to be surrounded by all these people. But if I go to your house, you better not invite them. You better make it safe. Yeah. <laughs> now, Aaron, do you have a part of you that um, has uh, find that you in relationship lose a little piece of your own interest for in lieu of interest for the other? I'm just curious how the sponge part works for each of you. So I'm going to ask you each the same question, but to see where have you been in relationships, maybe cite an example where you kind of gave up who you were in lieu of the person's interest or does that not happen to you? Oh, it it does happen, but that's where my Aries moon kind of saves me because Mm -hmm. it only happens for so long. Um, And also, I happen to have Black Moon Lilith conjunct Jupiter in my seventh house. So I happen to sort of like, you know, I will do that. Oh, I love to get lost in the other. I will become you and I will heal you and I will swim with you. And then all of a sudden, it's like one morning and it's kind of almost arbitrary. (laughs) I'll wake up and I'll look at you with the eye of Medusa and I'll be like, (laughs) what? (laughs) What? Go be gone with you. I'm hard to be in relationship with. Now, I, of course, as I'm growing older, I have definitely worked on, number one, not just, this is what I do. If I, if I fall in love with someone, I just become them and or whatever it is they need me to become because of those permeable boundaries. And then invariably, a few months later, they're like, what happened to the woman I fell in love with? And who is this crazy person? So I'm trying to not to be as aware as possible when I get into a relationship uh, or start any kind of relationship, really. Um, that I am, if it's if it's not an acting role, you know, yep. that I, I need to be Aaron from the start, come what may, and that way I get to know who they are from the start, not project fantasy onto them, not just get lost in the moment. Um, but then once, like, I'm in a relationship that's newer for a few months, and um, he's kind of aware of these parts of me. So once we really know each other, then I can kind of let myself go there. But boy, it has taken every ounce of discipline in me. I suspect it has. And I think the Aries moon, I think you're absolutely right about that. Because let's compare that to Val. Val, have you been in a situation where you've merged, but then, um, A, I'm sure you've gotten out of it, but is it harder than what Aaron's saying? Or is it, how does it work for you? Well, I I totally relate to what Aaron's saying, but I think I have a shorter time in that merging period. Um, I think my Scorpio moon saves me and four planets in Aries saved me. (laughs) And my my boundaries go up pretty darn fast. And that's if I let them in. Um, Okay, okay. People don't always... Um, they think they know me, but they don't always know me. And 
I will, if I'm traveling, I mean, traveling is a passion. I, I, I could have anyone for a roommate and I love them all. It's all fine. Um, it doesn't matter, you know, who they are or what side they are. Uh, there's just that not so much merging. I, I think it's more going with the flow. I don't really see myself losing myself in anyone. And I don't know why that is, but I don't like merging with people. <laughs> It's, I don't want to take on their energy. I want yeah. to be me. Have you ever been caught off guard by how much you did merge and didn't know it? Well, that's that's the other part of that, Mark. If I didn't know it, um, uh, I possibly do that. If you're observing it, I I don't identify it myself. Okay. Okay, so it, it's not, you would say no to that consciously, but there might be a part of you that noticed that you're in this friendship for w- way long, long, long time, and then all of a sudden it just catches you like, I've sacrificed myself every time I'm with that person. I was wondering if that was a reality ever. Right, um, and and I think it was, but I think as I grow with experience that it's less, yeah. um, I just don't find it as much. But yeah, I think in my 20s and my 30s, I totally did that. I think in my relationship with my husband, I totally merged. Yeah. And, the, and then it was, okay, where are those planets and where are they doing right now? And where's that Scorpio moon? No. And so my children will tell you that uh, mom always wore the pants in the family. Wow, I love that. That's very. This is going to shock a lot of people. Now, CA, in a different form of the same question, I want to ask you, like, what do you think is a hobby or a thing you might have taken on that you look later and say that was strictly because of the person I was close with? Is there one? Wow. I know. <laughs> <laughs> something, something, do, you know, something doesn't automatically come up because once again, you know, as I listen to them talk, I mean, it's absolutely true. I totally, totally merge with another person, whether that's a friend or whether that's, I mean, all kinds of relationships, bosses, you know, but the one difference is, is, and I think the Aquarian moon. I recognize I'm doing it. It's like there's another part of me that's standing and watching, mm-hmm. and I know it. But, you know, truly, I can be with a person, and if you said to me, like, you know, um, in fact, it was a movie with Julia Roberts where, you know, it was The Runaway Bride where, remember, somebody said, what kind of eggs do you like? And she liked whatever kind of eggs she was, you know, the person she was with. Yeah. Well, that definitely used to be me. And I even knew it. I just thought, you know what? I mean, somebody would say, what do you want? And I'd be like, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, and I wasn't like holding back. I just didn't know because I was so blended with them. Well, and yet, like I said, I would stand back and look and go, oh, that's what this is about. And so I, I think as I've gotten older, I have better boundaries and I pull maybe, you know, more to some of the other planets in my chart. But it is true that, you know, the Pisces part, she just merges completely. Yeah, you know, I think sometimes it's about a little bit about um, I'll have eggs the way they're doing it. I'm, I'm at, talking as you because it makes me feel connected to them not because I particularly like my eggs that way but wow we're sharing the same kind of experience so I want to ask have you guys you guys have the reputation of being the the victim uh, is that is it is it your moons <laughs> yeah. that keep you out of that where if you're if you guys are good at pulling out once you see the mergey thing happen can you cite an example where you were like yeah i got hurt there really bad i mean and you don't have to be too personal but if you would share like a moment where you did feel like the victim can you cite an example aaron for y- yourself i can cite the last 35 years <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry to say it 
it has taken every ounce of awareness. You know, I went to India and meditated in ashrams for months to learn how to not be a victim. Wow. Once I became aware that that was my pattern, because I will tell you, I did not date much in high school, but when I started dating, I always picked the wrong guy every time, the absolute worst choice. And people would be like, what on earth are you doing? In fact, my mother sometimes would be like, loser, Aaron, L-O-S-E-R, loser. And I would just be like, no, he's wonderful. And then, I mean, no offense, guys, I've dated, but you know the truth, which is that yeah. they, I would make myself a victim, definitely. So... Um, and I all I would stay probably a little too long because I wouldn't want to hurt their feelings. Um, but I, yeah. Okay, when you're so talk- when you yeah. were a victim, it was like you said earlier in a relationship. You um, that Aries will kick on, and yeah. I, so I'm just suspecting that it's those dangerous loves, those ones that are like not really hooking in too deeply to you, where you might go a little too far, and then like that's where every the, all the other alarms around you go up. Like your mom says, loser. Where you get hurt when it's not somebody who's responding back, but where they're staying a little narcissistic, where you get to merge into their world and then kind of find yourself stuck. Would that be an accurate assessment? That is an exactly accurate assessment. I mean, the last person that I dated previous to my current boyfriend was definitely somebody that was um, arm's length away, kind of kept me at an arm's length away. And I just, I'm not used to somebody not hooking in immediately. And I just... Boy, I, I went for it, and <laughs> boy, did I go for it for a long time, and then boy, did I let it really mess with my self-esteem, and then all of a sudden, uh, you know, then that Aries moon said, "Hey, idiot, wake up!" Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's really good. Hey, Val, do do you r- recognize a place where you got hurt by being a um, whatever we might call a victim? I'm not having a judgment on it, but do you recognize it? In my teens, 20s, 30s, 40s, oh my God, I have the badge for victimhood. Yeah, Yeah. right? And (laughs) what's an archetype of it, Val? You just lasted too long, gave too much. What's an archetypal example of it? Not like, in other words, not a specific one, but what's the general tone of what happens to you? Uh. It, I just stayed too long. I just stayed too long. Okay. And, it, and it was in friendships. And I never saw it as merging, but, I, but it is merging. So mm-hmm. I think I have a very unconscious merging that goes on for me. And then and that's when I step back. And it seems to happen less and less, again, with growth and experience. But I'm telling you, in my teens, in my 20s, in my 30s, in my 40s, uh Well, do you suspect a little bit of it is trying to help them? Oh, definitely. Okay. But why are you trying to help people that don't want help? (laughs) Well, that's the ultimate question, right? I agree. And I think that's where we're nailing the sort of Pisces issues. We're at a point where we can take a break. And CA, we're going to let you talk about yours to give you a little extra time. Um, This is Mark Husson. This is One Too Many Voices with my wonderful panel, CA Brooks, Aaron Muir, and Valerie Camozzi, talking about the experiences of being a Pisces. So let's take a quick break. You guys enjoy this moment. We'll be right back with them. Berlin's Magic and Ancient Stones 2013. Step into a new dawn and touch your destiny. In ancient Avebury, learn to douse the land and stones with international expert Maria Wheatley. But you're really going to feel the the power in the land because, uh, well, obviously we've doused it for so many years now. 
I can take you to the places where it's exceptionally powerful. Follow the ley lines to stand in ceremony at the centre of Stonehenge. In Glastonbury, scale the magical tour. Heal in the waters of the chalice well and attune your body and soul to sacred solfeggio sound with Tim Wheater. of magic and mystery Tintagelin Cornwall bathe your feet in the mystical waters of St Nettland's Glen stand on the hallowed ground in Merlin's Cave come with us Merlin's Magic and Ancient Stones 2013 contact valcomocvalcamozzi at gmail.com for a full itinerary and easy interest free step payment plan Merlin's Magic and Ancient Stones 2013 If you'd like to be a guest on a panel, drop a note to voices at 12radio.com. And now, here's Mark. Hey everybody, welcome back. That was a fun break. I'm with my wonderful guests, the Pisces Swimmers of the Zodiac. And we're talking about what it's like to these mythologies and these stereotypes that they are helping us either accept or dispel. And we were just coming around to C.A. Brooks and wondering if uh, she could give us an example of an archetypal moment. Like what is the setup that cre- that is created for you uh, where you've been hurt because you feel like you've overgiven or maybe you were the victim? Was there one, C.A.? Oh, absolutely. And I'll tell you t- where I would go with this is whether or not it's, a fr- you know, a friendship or romance, I tend, I think, to come off as a very, very strong person. And I attract people, especially in friendship, and especially when I was much younger, who needed something. I mean, they were heartbreaking, you know, heartbroken about their boyfriend, or they were this, or they were having problems with their mom. They were having whatever, and they always were attracted to me. I mean, somehow I was always the mother, or I was the big sister, or I was the person that was going to help them. And the truth is, I think most of the time I did have good advice. And literally, I would kind of stand them back on their feet and get them, you know, back on top and their self-esteem. And as soon as that would happen, they'd have nothing to do with me. Wow. And truly, I'd be. then I was heartbroken, like, oh, my God, I've been such a good friend to you. And I was there when you were crying your eyes out. And I was there when he wasn't calling or when whatever this was that was going on. And I never understood it until finally I read something that just totally made sense to me. And that is that in relationships with people, some people come to you because they're truly friends and they want to be with you. Other people come to you because they want something from you. Mm-hmm. And these people are really clients. Mm, okay, <laughs> I mean, this, a- is, this is like when I was 22, you know? And I'm like, okay, clients. And then there was another term that just, and then there's people that they're acquaintances. And so, for instance, they maybe want to go to the movies with you, but the movie is the important issue. And I'll tell you what, when I learned to make those distinctions, I really don't get nearly as hurt as often because I have very clear classifications of this is my friend, this is an acquaintance, and this is a client. Now, I will admit there are friends or there are people in my life who probably think they're friends. I think they're clients. Mm, But I need to do that for myself because I need to not get confused that what this person needs is something that they are thinking that I can help them with. And I'm more than happy to help them. 
but don't confuse that with friendship. And so that just turned around my experience with people. Now, it doesn't mean I never get hurt, but it really turned it around when I stopped seeing, you know, people coming to me wanting something as the same as friendship. Yeah, and I think that very you brought up some very good points. Um, one, what I want to talk to you about, I, when I talk to other Pisces in the world and throughout my life, one of the things that we've talked about is when you a friend asks you to do something and you say no, that sometimes you're, when you don't, you want to say no, but you're kind of like feel their pain first. Uh, I wonder if you guys relate to that. Like somebody, you know a friend wants to go, they're kind of feeling lonely. You don't want anything to do with that movie, but you're kind of like having a hard time saying no because you feel their pain first. Is that? Aaron relate to that at all? Yeah, absolutely. I have, uh, this is definitely something I've worked on also as I've gotten older, which is one of my, I guess I would call it personality flaws really is that I can't say no. And so often I, I have just stretched myself way too thin in all my life. I mean, when I was in high school, I got pneumonia and a million other things because I would stretch myself way too thin. Mm. And then I really, really, really had to learn it actually wasn't a if I'm enabling somebody or if I don't truly want to do it, I'm actually not really being a friend to them because I'm in essence lying to the person. So because I like to keep my commitments, I've had to learn that if I if I say yes, I must do it because I don't want to flake. And um, that's, I think, that Aries moon or Scorpio rising maybe because I know plenty of flaky Pisces, to be honest. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I think we all know some flaky Pisces. <laughs> yeah. And I think that also, have you ever been – um, in a situation, this is my experience of Pisces. Some of the Pisces I've known, amazing. I feel that they are everything I want them to be. And in my head, I'm kind of feeling like maybe they are just that for me. But then they go out and come back in one of my roommates, a Pisces, I could tell who they were with and it, they were different to me. And it was very difficult for me because of the changing thing. So a couple of things about that, Val, if you would either confirm or, or, or know what I'm talking about there. And then I want you to say, tell me what is the most healing thing you can do as a Pisces when your heart has been like what CA was talking about or Aaron broken? Uh, what What's the most healing thing for you as a person that you would recommend? So A, does it, do you recognize that sort of I'm different? when I'm with different people after I come home I, and B, what's something you can do when your heart's been broken? That's a good point. Um, it's really about looking inside yourself and you've really got to go, why am I feeling what I'm feeling? What triggered this? Okay, I get it because it's a pattern. Okay, so what can I do about it? Well, if you really step back and become the observer, and that's not easy to do, especially when, you know, I wear a victim badge, so it's, <laughs> it's there all the time. Um, but if you can take that moment and step back, for me, I got to get outside, I got to walk in nature, go for a hike, do something, okay. um, or do some kickboxing, that works really well, mm -hmm. too. Um, but if you can step back, you've got a, just an inkling of aha, and then it, it, shifts that victimhood, man, can't believe this just went down again. It's story of my life. Right. Um, and that helps. I, when you say like the roommate that came back and you knew something had changed, I think for me, it's really unconscious. Mm -hmm. And it becomes conscious when my victim badge starts showing up and mm -hmm. saying, well, why are you hurt now? And it's almost like, well, how could you do that? And going back to your roommate thing, you go out, you become someone else because you're kind of merging with this other person. You come back, you're not who you are. Who are you? And and do I want to still be friends with you? Yeah. Um, it's, well, you know, it's funny. I knew 
how I, me and the roommate didn't have a lot of jealousy between us, but I knew how the people he was with felt about me by how he would come back home. Yes. And it was like, I mean, I yes. was like, oh, yes. this is such a good yes. secret to have because, and, 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 you know, I couldn't defend it because everybody thinks you're crazy when you're like, I just feel how they feel when they're around them. So I know, um, does, do you think CA, what's a technique for you to release when you're, when you feel like you've a collect, cause I think you guys collect other people, whether you know it or not, I think yes. you're, you are the <laughs> sponges. And I do think there's, you must have come up with ways to know that headache may not be yours. Let's find out. CA, what's a technique for you? Well, I think, you know, being alone is one of them. Because once again, you know, I think people when I tell them I'm shy, or if I tell them I'm somewhat introverted, they just laugh. But the truth <laughs> is, I am. And and that part of me that is not that part of me that is the Sag rising, mm -hmm. you know, I need to pull back. When I pull back into the Pisces, that's it. I just need to be alone. That's And you're right. I, I would love to say that I know when I take on other people's energy, but I don't, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. I don't at all. In fact, I'm kind of clueless. I, I say that about <laughs> myself. I can just be totally clueless about me. So I'd say one other thing I do do is I have kind of a cadre of some good friends who you know, I bounce ideas off of them. And I cannot tell you how often they just kind of look at me like, are you kidding? You know, because I'm saying something that they're like, no, that just is not you or that's not what's going on. And so truly, they help set me straight again, too. Wow, I love that. Erin, you got a technique mm -hmm. that works for you? Yeah, I, I've had several through the years. Uh, I found that food, alcohol, and drugs really... <laughs> we are getting into that topic, too. So okay. good. Uh, but I stopped those, uh, which has left me sort of with my original plan, which is, I, it's true, I'm a bit of a loner. I am a little bit of a loner. Like um, earlier, uh, I think we've all talked about how people think they know us and, and really don't. You know, I, I do have many, many friends, and I have uh, many, many friends with whom I am there, like CA was talking about, they're my clients really rather than friends, and some really dear friends. But I really know about myself that that Pisces part of me is sort of how I manage intimacy is by merging with the other rat and keeping a secret part of myself completely unknown to others. I know I do that and I don't know mm -hmm. if I'm ever going to not. I don't know if I need to. So I know being alone and or these days with my puppy dog, being alone with my puppy dog is very a very happy thing to do. I love that. Now, have mm -hmm. all of you collectively, you can answer um, secretly, and you don't have to say who or what, but have you all had an affair in your mind with a movie star? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like intimately, like, I mean, like marriage and lived with them. Anybody like that? Because I have a couple of places. Ding, in my ding. Yeah, okay, good, Aaron. You have Valerie, you at all? Now you're really giving away our secrets, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to take the fifth on that. Okay, good, good, good. All right, okay. I love that. See that? Go ahead. There's this wonderful quote Pisces, been every sign, been with every sign. <laughs> I tell you what, I um, I don't think there's uh, honestly a better lover than Pisces because of your ability to become that which the other person has. So people listening, if you are dating a Pisces or you're with a Pisces, it's dangerous territory because not only do the, is the merge thing very possible because they're mutable. This is Mark talking now, not as an astrologer so much as a person with experience of Pisces. The merge is very possible and it's very lovely and it's very addicting, but it also, they are mutable. So they also have another side that they need to go to, like CA referenced several times in Aaron and Val, the loner side is very important. Now, have you guys, we got to go into, Aaron brought it up, every <laughs> Pisces, they talk about addiction. 
And now it doesn't have to be substance abuse. I want the public to be aware of that. Some Pisces I know are so clean, teetotaler, everything from being vegan all the way uh, that that becomes the addiction. Do you, you can just say yes or no, but you are welcome to elaborate. Valerie, do you see a part of yourself that definitely um, okay good Absolutely. definitely and the part of me is really it's it's an unusual addiction and i can't say that it's an addiction anymore but it was really exercise i mean i would dance i would run i would swim i would cycle i would do marathons i would do you know 65 miles 100 mile rides i would form groups and we'd go together and do charity rides and but it was really an addiction because it part of it I'm sure was the adrenaline rush and people can get that from drugs or they can get that from different sources. For me, it was exercise and it was an addiction. I mean, I exercised, you know, seven days a week. If I wasn't doing something, I would get off work at 6 a.m. in the morning and have to walk, you know, four or five miles home. I didn't take a bus. I didn't want to, I didn't want to ride. I didn't want to take my car. I would walk and then I would walk into an exercise class. Oh (laughs) my God. Oh, I, I have two things to say about that. One, I did not suspect that about you. And two, I hate you uh, for your addiction. Okay. <laughs> I want that addiction. <laughs> That's amazing. That must, that must be the Aries uh, planets or something. I, it must be. See, so, yeah, you got you got one? You recognize Oh, absolutely. Yourself? I mean, and I recognize with Valerie. I used to do a lot of dancing, tap dancing and ballet and modern. And it wasn't good enough to just take one or two classes a week. I had to take four or five. You know, so definitely, I mean, and just that idea, if I want to do something, then I really want to do something. You know, it's like, I'm going to do all of it and I'm going to do it every day. So it's, there's definitely an addictive behavior there. Oh my God. Absolutely. Not to to mention chocolate. (laughs) Oh yeah. Chocolate. I agree. (laughs) Yes. Now, are you guys like, um, what about like, um, uh, average addictions like tv shows um you know like uh do you notice that there's certain mundane things that you just like gotta have a piece of before you go on with your day rituals are you i mean valerie's addicted Uh, to the exercise ritual but anything like that are you noticing uh well i go yes i i mean i could become addicted to a toothpick if i wanted (laughs) you know there's what i do is i tend to i mean i really have dabbled in many addictions and i'm a i'm a teetotaler these days but which is kind of an addiction too but i will get into like say a musician or uh, a tv show or an author mostly it's a musician or an author and i will have to read every book that person ever wrote or I will have to listen to every song. Like when I got into Bjork is an example. Mm-hmm. I got into Bjork in 2003 and I had to have every single thing she'd ever recorded, especially when she was, even when she was before she was Bjork and she was with the Sugar Cubes. And I would listen to three songs over and over and over again. And while I was running my 10 miles, <laughs> I would listen to the same song over and 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 over again. Wow. I couldn't not. Yeah. So all of you have known physical addiction. Addictions uh, in the body, like exercise addictions. That's kind of amazing because the Pisces that I knew was also had to walk every night. It was the best shape I was ever in. But it was like, <laughs> it was crazy. It's very good to know. Now, are, what about the, the, your relationship to, um, say, music? Uh, music and movies uh, in in a personal way. Do you do you all find that music is is because it's ruled by Neptune? It's ruled by your your planet. Is music absolutely a drug sometimes? 
Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mm-hmm. guess it could be for everybody. I just am trying to get that little Pisces thing out there. Um, would you also say that there, uh, as a Pisces, as the experience of Pisces, that um, where are you with um, uh, storytelling or b- beliefs? Like, I, I want to give you an example. I had a class I was running, and I had everybody talk a little bit about a memory of their childhood. When the, we got to the Pisces, this guy goes tobacco fields rolling on the edge of the mountain and i'm like whoa and it was like <laughs> yep, oh my god yep. it's, right okay so it's it was, using all your senses yeah yep. using all your senses is very mm-hmm. tangential and so where do you find living in the real world um is the it becomes a problem being a pisces what is it about pisces you hear the stereotype people call in and go i'm a pisces and you go oh what is that? Because you guys are not wimps by any means. I think you're really showing that very strongly. But where do you think it is difficult living in the real world? Anybody want to pop up? I don't live in the real world. What <laughs> <laughs> real that. world? I love it. Okay, perfect answer. I love it. So do you escape? Do you think a lot to an inner, like everything has a place in your movie in your head that you're living? Well, well Go ahead. Oh. I was going to say, here's, here's how Aaron does it. Um, Aaron separates from Aaron and speaks in the third person. But that's kind of how I do it because I, when I, oh, Lord, have mercy. I have been told so many times, Aaron, I don't know what kind of fantasy world you're living in. And then I always answer back, but you want to come with? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, I, for example, when I'm having trouble with the real world because of the merging and or the fantasy both, which is generally when I see people in pain, I tap into my higher source and I ask for help so that I'm not the only one responsible and I can stand for something greater than my total sum of fears and the total sum of fears of what I see in front of me to know that actually peace is what's possible and peace is what I pray that I might bring. So I I really rely on prayer and, and higher power at that moment in time. Good, good segue. You're, you're opening up a lot of doors. Val, what were you thinking? Well, I was thinking about how we merge and when we do take on that energy of other people and not always being conscious of it and you're just burnt and you want to escape. I love the escape artist um, tag and go up to the mountains and be by yourself. But the other thing, too, is for me, it's travel. I don't travel all the time, but I do travel. I, I took groups to Peru for 10 years. I... Um, I've been. I took groups to Egypt and and France and all over and England, and for me, I can escape and rejuvenate, regenerate, um, connect with the land, connect with the people, connect with the culture, connect with all my senses, sights, sounds. So I, I love what Aaron said about you know just going to the higher self and bringing that in. And I I believe that's what I do when I travel. I just bring that energy through and then I'm a better person for myself and I'm a better person for everybody around me. Mm-hmm. But that's what I do. Nice, I love that. Now CA, you talked earlier about the, the um, friends versus client issue and it reminded me of that because I'm wondering if people don't automatically project directly onto you and many other Pisces of your that your empathy is uh, your acceptance of them. Do you do you relate to that as well? Yeah, and in fact, you know, I was telling somebody this the other day. The one thing that I'm amazed at in my life, I, you know, and whether you want to call it projection or your aura, I have people coming up to me in public places all the time asking for help. 
Wow. And whether or not it's just directions, it's even happened like in foreign countries. And I have <laughs> to say, in, in a language I don't understand, I don't speak your language, you know? Mm. And I'm just always amazed that, it, you know, I mean, I had a woman at DIA almost in tears and she needed help. And it's sort of like, why did you choose me? <laughs> you know? <Wow. laughs> um, but there is something about, yeah, I think you know, it just comes out. And people, once again, it's the Pisces empathy, but there's something else because they assume that I will help them or that I know their directions. or And usually I do. And I will help if I can. So, I mean, I think that's it. I, I think people really do pick up on that. Yep, I do too. You know? You're, mm-hmm. a, you're actually a pool of water, a reflecting pool. And I think whether you guys know it or not, it's easy for us to project onto you. I used to have Pisces come into the retail store and I never recognized, this one person particularly, never recognized who they were. They always looked different. And I could, and, it, and I'm wondered now if it was just my mood that was doing it. And Aaron brought up the point about spirituality. I take it. Um, just a resounding yes is going to happen here, but do you all understand and connect to a personal kind of spirituality within yourself? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Okay, good, good, good. Because I think that's a big Pisces thing. Um, And as we around the bend here, because you guys have been remarkable and time goes, I want people to understand who you are and what you do in the, in the glorious variety that exists within you. Uh, before I do, uh, would you just lend a, a minute each on advice for people out there, Pisces out there that aren't feeling as strong as you and aren't feeling as, um, as able to get out the way mm. you can because you have. And so uh, we're going to start. CA, will you just give like give a little tip of advice and then we're going to have you guys introduce yourselves and what you're doing. Okay. I'm going to go right back to A Course in Miracles and go right back to spirituality. And that is that we are never really alone. There is always a divine center. God is always with us, whether or not you consider it really God or whether you consider it angels. I just think the important thing, I mean, and it's, it's partially how I ground myself. I just come back to the point where I'm making no decisions by myself. I'm not living my life by myself. And if I feel like I'm alone or if I feel like I'm in darkness, all I need to do is open my ears and open my eyes. And so I would say the main thing is to just always remember, especially as a Pisces, who I think we are very naturally somehow linked to that divine essence just open up to it just nice. open up to it and and surrender mm, nice i love that aaron you have a mm-hmm. thought for somebody out there that would love to hang on your words because the strength that you all are exuding i do and i i second our second or i i support everything ca said and i also think the other part of it is the self-esteem aspect of it yep even if you don't believe it, I want you to fake it till you make it. I am worthy. I am loved. I am lovable. I am beautiful. I am capable. You need to look in the mirror, look in the eye, your own eyes, your beautiful Pisces eyes, and say that to yourself. For whatever reason, I know a lot of Pisces that don't have a whole lot of self-esteem, and I want the people to know it's something you really can build and practice and Soon you won't need to rely on victim. You can have your own self-esteem and then work on things like CA is talking about surrender and, and higher power. Nice. Hey, Val, what's the tip for those people out there hanging in? 
Okay, I'm going to I'm going to bring this down a little bit and try to ground it in for what they can do as a first step Perfect. tomorrow. And that would be find people around you and surround yourself with people that truly support you. You're going to realize when it doesn't feel right. And and that's the unconscious merging that's taking place. And when that's happening and it starts to drain you, pull back. Find the people that support you. Start start making fun time with them. Find a spiritual community. Um, find a community, find a class, you know, a teacher that, that you kind of want to have a mentor that you could expand and develop your skills and go into that space. And if the teacher doesn't resonate, ditch them. Find another one. <laughs> right on. <clears throat> That's awesome. That's good, Val. Thank you. I love that. And remember, Pisces people out there, you're very, you're extraordinarily powerful. You are the last sign of the Zodiac. Many would say that's a hard road to hoe, but you have the access to all the skills that have come before you. And don't judge addiction. Who cares? It's something that you use to make you feel good in that moment, and you can always change that, and you will when it's time. So lighten up a little bit. Let's have our panel. Thank you. God, you guys are awesome. I already feel so Pisces hugged. Um, <laughs> you can tell. I can tell you, if people listen to the beginning of this, and at the end, you'll hear the difference. C8, what's going on with you? Where can people find you? Well, people can find me on 12listen.com as an advisor. They can also find me on 12 Academy teaching classes. And they can find me on the radio every single morning because I am helping put together the A Course in Miracles Daily Lessons, which is 7 a.m. every day on that specific time on 1-2 Radio. And also, I am on my own astrology show every Tuesday at 11 a.m., and that's called Simple Tales. Mm, Doing much in your free time? Yeah. (laughs) You know, know, when you were talking about the music, I was just kind of laughing to myself because last night I said, you know, I'm just going to, you know, look for some more music for the Course in Miracles show. And two hours later, it's like (laughs) 1.30 in the morning, and I'm like, uh, what are you doing? <laughs> I <laughs> I totally it. merged. I got so yep. lost in the music. I, I was I had no idea what time it was. That's so beautiful. I love it. Thank you, CA, for being here with us. Aaron, what is going on with you? Where can people find you? Tell us real quick about the contest. Is it almost over? No, I'm sorry. It's not almost over. Good. But, <laughs> uh, I am. You can find me every day at one listen dot com, uh, where I'm an advisor. I'd love to talk to you, or you can email me. A lot of people love my email services, also. And then I am in a vocal contest. If I win, I win a hundred thousand dollars, with which I will create a new album because I'm a singer songwriter. Uh, if you go to the probably the easiest way to explain how to vote for me is to go to facebook dot com slash Aaron. Muir music. Uh, I'm sort of ubiqu- I feel like I'm ubiquitous on the on, on the internet, but that's sort of a Pisces. You are, thing yeah, you can, um, And uh, so, Facebook.com/slash e r i n m as in Mary U i r music Aaron Muir music. Um, but it, it goes through April. You can vote once a day. But nice. I made a, a funny little video, a, a new little commercial featuring me and singing animals. So I am living out <laughs> my fantasy of being a Disney princess singing with the animals and. And um, <laughs> if that encourages you to vote, please go watch it. I love Thank it. You. And you can find a lot of Erin's videos on YouTube if you just type her name as well. She's very fun and very gifted. It's no coincidence that all our Pisces work at 1-2-Listen. Hey, Val, what's happening with you? Give us the news. Okay, so 1-2-Listen.com. You can find me there with uh, CA and Erin. And 1-2-Academy, uh, I'm going to have a Light Resonance Healing Series, introductory series coming up. And that's going to start 
in February and go through March and April. And then I have a one two radio show that's coming up on one two radio.com and that is Merlin's Magic and Ancient Stones radio show. And that will be at 8 a.m. Pacific time and you can check the schedule at one two radio.com. And um, that travel that I'm so passionate about. Yeah. Erica Longden, a colleague at One Two Listen and a radio host on One Two Radio, and I have come together. We went last year and took people to England to Glastonbury and Stonehenge and Tintagel Castle, and we stood in Merlin's Cave, and it was such a success. We're going to do it again. So that's going to happen July 9th through July 16th of this year. So oh. they can. They can contact me at valcamosi at gmail.com. And they can they can contact me, come over to one two listen.com too. Yeah, we will help you find Val to get register for this. You gotta do it. Now, Val, uh, Erica said that you said something about are you they gonna let you in the middle of Stonehenge this year? They are. Oh! We're gonna have a private ceremony in the center and it's very very tough to get in there mm. and we went into sort of a lottery and got picked immediately so amazing in there. <laughs> congratulations see you guys i mean it's just amazing really? i love that pisces are just they just do it and they do it all well and it's hard to say no to them i'll tell you that now valerie's going to be a guest on my show hey house radio on march 5th uh so you want to hear more about this light resonance healing that she does it's so pisces and it's about colors and healing and it's actually taking the world by surprise a lot of people are getting certified in it so pay attention to that ca thank you for your 365 days of workbook <laughs> lessons on a course in miracles you guys she underplays the commitment but it's kind of remarkable and aaron it's so such a pride and joy to see you make these strides and to know that you're still connected to the one two family a lot of people say it can't be done you're just saying what the hell and i love it thank you so much <laughs> and you guys um everybody listening thank you for being a part of my pisces panel and for being a part of one two radio and the one two family in general my heart is open to you i love that you support us the, the with the way you do and this is an example of why because these women are remarkable in their own right you can get a hold of them at one two listen.com look for specials and join the one two promotions list if you can this will be a podcast for you uh, over at itunes just type in my name mark husson and this is mark husson saying goodbye and thank you for listening stay tuned for some awesome programming <laughs>